So I'm reading a book called Doomsday by Bobby Eckhart. He is a great author, and I love his books. But what I've noticed, and this is not just with Bobby Eckhart, but most of the books I listen to in audio or in on Audible um, seem to do quite a bit of research when it comes to the actual situation that's happening, whether it's an EMP or a volcano or zombies, you know, they have a lot of facts behind them. And, you know, it makes for a good book. What I've noticed that seems to run through the entire genre is that when they talk about nutrition, they default back to the old adage of carbs good, fat bad. And this is based on what the FDA has determined is the food you should be eating. Now, I don't know about you, but we've all heard uh, the expression, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Now, it's kind of a punchline in most uh, conversations, and it's actually quite true. When has the government ever helped? Uh, never. Rare occasions. And we're talking about the federal government, but states are just as bad. So when do preppers or patriots ever give two flying flips about what the government thinks we should be doing, thinking, you know, skin in the game with being overtaxed? So the reality is when you get to nutrition, they are just as lame. And this all started back in the 50s. I guess when the FDA came out with the, the food pyramid. And that was based on eating a lot of grains and carbohydrates. Now, the reasoning for that back then was we were at war and they were rationing gas even in World War One and Two, And so they needed a, a cheap way to feed the masses. And grains have always been historically cheaper to feed humans than meat. So this goes back to the kings and the queens uh, way back in the day. So this is nothing new. It's just cheaper to feed people grain. Nowadays, we don't ration gas and metal. And we have plenty of food to go around. But they have been so entrenched with the big agra and the, I'll just call them kickbacks. That's what they are. You know, bribes, blood money. I, I, I guess it's called lobbying, but whatever. And so big agra has got a firm grip of our politicians' short hairs. And they're not going to let go because there's millions and billions to be made on the grain industry and agricultural-based diets. One of the big scare tactics they're saying is that, you know, farming is so much better for the land than cows, you know, because cows fart and they, they walk around a lot and drink water. But the facts are, if you do any research, that 
ranchers that manage their their grazing land and their cattle properly, they'll go from a five-strand barbed wire fence over the years up to four-strand because it's building dirt. It's actually, as the cows eat here and poop over there and walk around and till up the soil, new plants are planted from other areas and other fields. And then the rain and the everything kind of creates a compost pile. And then you have new grass and new dirt and new land. So it actually helps the soil. What doesn't help the soil is farming the way we do it today. There are parts of, and I will try to find that map, of America that the groundwater tables are so contaminated with glyphosate and, and uh, herbicides and pesticides that, that it's contaminating the water. And it's actually covers entire states. It's not just a small well or water table or aquifer in one state. It covers six or seven states. So farming is not good for the soil. Now, if you're a farmer and you have a small homestead, that's fine. You're probably managing your soil quite well. But Big Agra doesn't do that. So you have to take that and just throw it away. It's BS. My point is that we've been eating meat, I don't know, since the Paleoithic period. And there's a really good movie I'd recommend everyone watch called The Perfect Human Diet. You can get it on Amazon with Prime or however you do it. I think it's on Netflix too. And he, and the, the guy that made the documentary um, takes us back on a million-year journey going all the way back, you know, into the Paleoithic period. And, and nowadays, with the research that they can do, they can actually do, you know, research in the DNA and the RNA. Now, with the RNA and these new methods of testing, they can pretty much tell you what those that person that was associated with those bones actually had for dinner the night before. So it's gotten quite accurate. No vegetarians 20,000 years ago. In fact, in America, most of the native Indians ate mostly meat. The mountain men and the trappers ate mostly meat. Now, we've been agricultural base for anywhere from eight to 10,000 years, depending on what book you read. But let's say 8,000 years when we became highly organized when it came to agricultural. Um, and so since then, when you look back in history and you go, well, geez, you know, my grandfather ate bread and, you know, the Bible says break bread. Um, you're not getting past that mindset of the agricultural based thinking, you know, with the kings and stuff when it was cheaper to feed people grains. But if you go back, you know, 20,000 years, humans ate meat. And the, and the logic of it is, what else could they eat? They didn't have 20 varieties of lettuce. And, and all the vegetables you see in the produce section now did not exist even 100, 200 years ago. 
So through farming techniques and grafting and all that, we have a whole plethora of salad fixings nowadays that did not exist two, three, four hundred years ago. In America, we didn't even have bananas until 1929, I think it was. So you can't re rely on the FDA or history books for this kind of information. You just have to use your noggin there and noodle it out and go, well, what would my great, great, great Paleoithic ancestor have eaten 20,000 years ago? Well, the same thing you would eat if you were in a time machine and you went back that far, what would there be to eat? Would there be a smoothie machine or even fruit to put in to make a smoothie? No, you would be eating meat because that's always plentiful. Plants are seasonal and there's not as many of them 10,000, 20,000 years ago. So you have to look at it that way. So what gets me with with the the authors of this prepper genre, we'll call it, is, you know, if I had only heard it once or twice in one or two books, I would just think, well, that's the character in the book making a point. Characters can be wrong. They can be good characters, bad characters. But when the main character is talking in a book, he's kind of teaching, you know, and therefore, the, the information from the research they've gathered should be pretty factual. And it irritates me when in the book I'm listening to, and don't get me wrong, Doomsday is an awesome series of books. It's really well written. And there's not much that I had a problem with. But because I'm anal about nutrition and stuff, I find it aggravating, I guess. It just pops up in my head because I've been doing this five, six years. So I immediately think about what they just said. So he's talking about a salad would normally be good for you until you add dressing and hard-boiled eggs and ham and stuff like that. And it's like, no, actually a salad is wasted chewing, I guess, because there really aren't many calories in a salad. And the only way you get calories is to put dressing on it, eggs in it, ham or bacon bits. These are things that actually bring calories. Now, some plant-based foods do have calories in them, but a lot of that is from carbohydrates, which is sugar. Excuse me. So you, you want to, you know, have a high fat content in your salad, which would be dressing and all that. Now, they're not going to talk about that in a book, just like the one Doomsday, where he's talking about a salad would be good for you if, because the author's not going to bring that up. Why? Because everyone in the nutritional community believe that fat is bad, carbohydrates are good. Even though on the other side of the coin, carbohydrates are sugar, they turn into blood glucose, which is sugar in the blood, creating insulin to get rid of it and causes diabetes. So on one hand, they're saying carbs are good, but they're saying stay away from sugar, which you cannot do if you're eating a high carb diet. Fat, on the other hand, creates ketones 
and there's nothing wrong with that to be on a ketogenic type diet. The body burns ketones, and I think it's the primary fuel of the body. And there's you know ten, fifteen thousand papers and peer-reviewed uh, studies on that that we were created to eat meat and a high-fat diet. Now you can argue with it in modern logic and sit there and go, yeah, but you know, Dr. Oz said, or yeah, but you know, this quack doctor or my nutritionist or my my general practitioner said that I need to eat this and stay away from fat because I'll get a heart attack. But that's not true. And we know it's not true. How? Because that's what our ancestors ate. We as a species would not exist if it were not for the ability to eat meat and survive. In fact, I would say that going back to Paleoithic man and, you know, 20,000 years, 10, 5, 2, 500 years ago, most of our diet came from meat and not plant-based food. The Green Beret, according to Mikhail Hawk, says that they teach you in some branches of the military that 99% of all plant life on Earth will kill you if you eat it or prepare it wrong. Whereas 100% of meat that you kill can be eaten, and it can be eaten raw. So the odds are so much better to eat meat than to, to take your chances with a plant. We have the ability to know plants nowadays more than 100, 200 years ago. That's what the medicine men studied. So you can make the argument, it's like, yeah, but now I know that if I eat this plant, it's okay. Yeah. We know that now, but 500 years ago, they did not know that unless they ate it and died or didn't die, but got really sick or it helped cure their headache. They figured it out like the medicine man did. So authors need to study a little bit more, at least when they're talking about things. And and I guess if I was a, a gun nut, I mean, I love owning guns. I got lots of them, but I don't understand ballistics and, you know, wind and drop and all that stuff with, you know, shooting like a sniper. Now, if you wrote a book and you were writing about a character that's the main guy and he's a sniper and he's talking crap that just would not fly in the face of sniper science, I would imagine a, a, someone like that would read that book and go, hey, wait a minute, that is so far off base. And authors don't make those mistakes. But when it comes to the abstract, like nutrition, which is not abstract, it's what keeps us alive. They kind of wash over it with a broad brush and they, they default back to the FDA. Or they go, well, I talked to a friend of mine that's a nutritionalist. This is what he said is correct. Well, somebody could ask me about shooting long range and maybe I got a license in I know how to shoot, you know, from the state, but it doesn't mean I know the science behind it. And it's the same thing with nutrition. All doctors, all nutritionists, all dietitians are licensed by the government and must follow the FDA. And in some countries, when they deviate from that, they go to prison, like in Australia and England. 
And in America, you can find yourself in prison by giving out a diet that's opposed to the FDA. I'm not giving diet advice. I'm just telling you what I've read. I've read books on biochemistry and physiology, and I've tested it on myself, and I know what works. So as I've said before, and now I'll update it, I'm now 65. I take no medications. And the reason I've lost weight is to help with anti-aging because most, even scientists, will tell you the best way to reduce your problems with aging is to cut your calories. But that doesn't always work for me because I'm highly active, much more than most people my age. You know, we're adding on to the house. I'm replacing a roof on my carport and shed. I'm always up and down ladders and doing stuff but I still reduce my calories enough to kind of help. But I probably need to up it up a bit. So that's my take on it. Um, I'm going to do some more of these videos because I kind of like the format. I, I got a new program to where I can do screen capture and my Logitech C920 um, camera. So I, I think it's working pretty good. I'll check it out with this video here. I'll get it on YouTube. I hope you all have an awesome day. Bobby Acart, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm not ripping on anything but that one character. He's a little crazy, even though he's the main character in the book. But I can highly recommend every book written by Bobby Acart. I've, I've read them all or listened to them, except a few. And uh, awesome writer. He's got a great research team. And most of the stuff is spot on, I would say. 99%. It's just when you go off and start talking about nutrition, I kind of wish for the prepper community that buys food storage in bulk that you would bring some more facts to the table for that. I hope you all have a great day. Talk to you later. Adios. Mark the prepper guy. I'm out of here.